Hello, we are back with new episodes starting today of the World Language Classroom podcast. And I want to start by talking to you a little bit about what I've been up to over the summer while you've been hearing these summer headspace episodes. And I want to tell you what you can expect during this school year coming up on the World Language Classroom podcast, the different topics and themes and what we'll be looking at. And then I also want to talk about setting a tone for the school year with some ideas for getting to know your students and beginning to build a sense of community in the classroom. There's so much to get through, and I am incredibly excited and happy to be back here with you. So let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. Welcome to the World Language Classroom podcast. I am so excited to be back here with you. And if you are listening for the first time, thank you for taking the time to check out this podcast. And if you are a frequent listener, I am so grateful to have you back as we go into this new school year. I know some of you have actually been in the classroom for a couple of weeks already, so I hope that's going well for you. And I know that other teachers are just about starting right now or just about to start. So I want to wish all of you an incredibly productive school year now that the world is feeling like it's opened up a little bit more and hopefully it'll be a little less of a challenge uh, with COVID things and all of that. But thank you so much for being here to take the time, as always, to really reflect on what's going on in your classroom, to hear about what other teachers are doing, and to bring that back into your classroom. That's what makes you an incredible educator, so I just want to make sure that you are reminded of that and hear it as much as possible. So I always like to ask you to make sure, particularly beginning of the school year, that if you're listening on an app on your phone and there's a way for you to follow or subscribe, just make sure you're doing that because then you'll make sure and get all of these episodes every Monday when they come out, and you are not going to want to miss what's coming up this year on the World Language Classroom podcast. So let's talk a little bit about the summer. So if you've been listening throughout the summer, you've been hearing I've been doing these summer headspace episodes, which were an opportunity to listen back to some previous episodes a second time, or maybe even for the first time, if you didn't hear it the first time around, and to have an opportunity to maybe listen without all kinds of other stuff going on in your life and school and all that. So hopefully that was useful for you. I did see that a lot of the episodes were listened to again as I was putting them out and talking about them and giving a little bit of a recap. So I do think that that was useful for teachers. So they're going to still be there. So feel free to go back and listen to them if you would like, along with all the the new ones, new episodes that will be coming out. So the world for me this past summer really did open up because for the last two years, more than two years, I've been doing a lot of virtual work with schools and things like that and conferences. And that's what a lot of us have been doing, doing the virtual conferences. I was able to get out and about and work with teachers and go to conferences and things like that in person this summer, which was so exciting. So I started my summer going out to San Diego. I live in Boston, so I went all the way to the other side of the country. I went to San Diego and I did a workshop at the Language 
Acquisition Resource Center at San Diego State University. And then I went to Chicago, where I went to the Teachers Pay Teachers Conference. It's for sellers of Teachers Pay Teacher. And I did a workshop there all on copywriting, writing sales copy, which is another world that I kind of live in. And then I went down to New Orleans and attended the AATF conference, the American Association of Teachers of French. And then I got to go to Atlanta for the first time, and I worked with a school in Atlanta and had some wonderful conversations and discussions about language teaching and language acquisition with the teachers in a school um, in Atlanta as well. And while I was there, I got to have dinner with the Meredith White, who I only know through Twitter and other places, and people mention her on the podcast all the time. But she reached out to me on Twitter when she saw I was going to be in Atlanta, and she said, let's have dinner. So we had dinner at a restaurant called the Iberian Pig. It's a tapas restaurant, and it was excellent, and it was so wonderful to finally meet Meredith White in person. So shout out to you, Meredith, and thank you for getting us together so that we could have that experience. And then I went out to Tri-Cities in Washington State, again, the other side of the country, in Richland, and worked with some teachers there. And then right now, this week, I am in Dallas, Texas, at the Podcast Movement Conference. I wanted to attend Podcast Movement, which is this huge 3,000-plus person person podcaster event last year, but I was really new to podcasting. So now I have 50 plus podcast episodes. I've been doing it for a year. I've had tons of guests. I wanted to get that experience before really taking on this sort of event. So this week, in Dallas at Podcast Movement, learning all about podcasting and hoping to make this even better. So that's what my summer has been all about. I have met so many incredible teachers all across the United States, and particularly when I was at the AATF conference in New Orleans, I went to a number of very useful and actionable sessions. As a matter of fact, I reached out to several right after their workshops of the presenters and asked them to be guests on the podcast, and I actually already have several of their episodes recorded. Great interviews about what we were doing. So that has been what my summer has been all about, going everywhere across the country from San Diego, Chicago, New Orleans, Atlanta, Washington State, Dallas, and then back here in Boston. And now I get to start the school year. And so going into the school year, I always have to remind myself of what my goals are, particularly after I spend a summer doing exciting things with teachers and learning about new stuff. When I go back into my classroom, I want to be reminded of what my goals are when I'm in the classroom with students. And so I wanted to share with you the goals that I keep in mind no matter what I'm doing, a new unit, a new topic. There are these overarching things that I want to make sure are the ethos of my classroom. And the first one is to use the target language to communicate authentically and with purpose. So that means not just practicing with language, but having students get to that point where they are applying whatever they have learned to authentically communicating. And so if we're ever learning a new theme of vocabulary or a structure or something like that, 
that if we don't get to that point where they're using it in spontaneous ways, whether that's through writing or they're listening to something or having an interpersonal conversation, if we don't get to that point, then it wasn't the best use of our time is the way I look at it. So that number one goal for me is that when we are using the target language, that we are doing it to communicate in authentic ways. And a lot of times that means having opportunities to use it spontaneously. The next goal is to make sure that students are learning to and using the skills to infer and circumlocute. And that really comes around to this whole idea of comprehensible input and what that means. And so that students are able to infer, they're able to figure out language without the need to understand every single word and every single thing that they are hearing or reading so that they have that skill of inferring. And that's really what comes down to the idea of comprehensible input. And then the flip side of that is that skill of circumlocution, so that they are able to speak about things using the language that they have, but not necessarily the specific word they want to use because they haven't acquired that yet. So that skill of circumlocution. So inference and circumlocution. And then the next goal is to use the target language more than learning about it, which goes back to the first goal I talked about with authentic communication. So we want to use the target language and not just learn about it. And there's a place for learning about it. I'm not a no grammar kind of teacher. But if and when that implicit, explicit grammar stuff is happening, that students are actually using it. And they're doing that more often than learning about it. Because for me, when I use the word proficiency, it's doing something with the language and not just knowing about it. So the next goal I have has to do with culture and how we approach culture in the classroom. I really look to the actful intercultural can-do statements when it comes to this because they're broken down into this way of investigating culture, so learning about it, and then interacting with culture. So I want to make sure that one of my important goals for students is to know how to learn about cultural aspects, so how to investigate and learn about cultural aspects, but then to use that information that they've learned to engage respectfully and confidently within a culture that is different than their own. So that kind of goes along with making sure that students are communicating with language and not just practicing it or just learning about it. The same thing goes for culture. So we have this idea of learning about culture, being engaging with culture to learn about it, but then do we have opportunities to actually put it into practice? And sometimes that doesn't mean, oh, you understand what tapas are, or you understand what the quinceanera is, or you understand what the réveillon is, whatever in particular cultures and the way things are done. But it's then using that knowledge as a place of understanding when you're actually engaging with the culture. So that means finding opportunities for that. And I understand that that is not always the easiest thing to do in a classroom, but just keeping in mind that whenever we're learning about something cultural, that we have opportunities to engage and show that by knowing that is how you actually confidently and respectfully are able to engage with the culture. And then the last two goals, they kind of go together. It is for me personally as a teacher, I want to create an environment in the classroom that is comfortable and supportive and never fearful for students. 
Because this comes down to that whole idea of the affective filter. And when they have a high affective filter, then they are kind of closed off. There's this wall up. They have a lot of anxiety. We want a low affective filter. We don't want it to be a place of fear because when there's fear, there is no risk-taking. And we want our students to take risks with language and to make mistakes and realize it's okay to make mistakes. That's part of the learning process. And the more we have this, or I can speak personally, these are you know my goals for my students, which I would suggest for every classroom. But as long as it's a comfortable and supportive environment that takes fear out of it with that lower affective filter, students will be more comfortable taking risks and making mistakes. And then the last goal that goes along with that is to create that place where students participate willingly, confidently, and feel like they're part of a community. And not just for themselves, but to make sure that they're actually creating that environment for their classmates as well. A quick recap of the goals that I have for my classroom are to use the target language to communicate authentically and with purpose, to be able to infer and then circumlocute, which all comes down to the comprehensible input, then to use the target language more than just learning about it, and then to know how to learn about cultural aspects, but then also how to use them to engage respectfully and confidently. And then the last two together, to create an environment that's comfortable and supportive, that doesn't have a lot of fear in there. There's a low affective filter where students are comfortable taking risks and making mistakes. And then therefore, that last goal of participating and being a part of a community. So these are goals that I have when I go into my classroom regularly and that I remind myself of as much as possible and particularly going into a new school year that if I have these in mind right away, then we can start making sure that these are the goals right from the beginning. So setting this up and promoting these ideas and these ideals is ongoing for sure, but we can begin from day one and early on and even if these haven't been goals that you've had for your students, and I'm sure you have goals of your own that are different than mine. These don't mean they're the correct goals. I'm just sharing with you what has been effective for me. And even if you haven't been doing them, there are opportunities to start them at any time. In order to do a lot of this, we really need to get to know our students. That is incredibly important because we can use information we know about our students to create that atmosphere in the classroom where they are comfortable and take risks with the language. So there was a question on Twitter and there was a question put out that was asking what teachers do to get to know their students in the classroom. And I wanted to share a couple of suggestions that were proposed. And so the first one to get to know students and to learn information about them that you can use in your classroom, make them feel comfortable. The first suggestion came from Leslie Grun, and she has students reflect on and share their strengths, talents, and what makes them unique. So they share that from a personal place so that she goes into her classroom knowing specifically where their strengths are, their talents, and maybe, you know, what makes them unique, what is a challenge area for them, but actually asking them and making them feel like they have an opportunity to feel known right from the beginning. And then Elena Spathis does a me slide, and this is a single Google slide that she talks about with five to seven images that they feel represent them, the students. And after modeling and practicing, she has them introduce themselves in the target language and 
share, possibly in English, if it's a very novice level class, about the images they included. And it's always interesting for the students, she pointed out, that they can see how many images they have in common and learn about each other. And then Justin from Spanish Plans does a movie talk on the first day, and then they discuss strategies that made it comprehensible for them. So they're doing that right away from the beginning and having that feeling of confidence and able to do it. And then Tim Egan, um, who is in Massachusetts, he is a department chair. He's actually coming up on a podcast of the episode really soon. We just did an interview. So he introduces himself with a series of slides and images in the target language with follow-up questions. And then he has an at-home questionnaire, and students make a recording. He either has them record saying their name, or what's one thing you think I should know about you, or finish sentences like, I like it when, so that he gets to know them. And I like that idea of being able to do it in a recording and not necessarily always in writing. And then uh, Miss Morgan and Adam Geed both suggested doing card talks. Now, card talks are something based on work and suggestions of Carol Gab and Ben Slavic. And when you do a card talk, you give students a prompt or a question and they draw their answer. And then the teacher takes the drawings and asks questions about the picture and then uses it as follow-up questions and activities. Now, you can just imagine in all of these types of activities how much you're learning about your students, how much they're feeling seen and known and confident in using the language right away from the very beginning. And then you have all of this information that you can draw on throughout the entire school year and oh I remember that so-and-so likes basketball or this person traveled to this place or um, this person has four brothers and all these different things that you can learn and use them as examples and to make sure that if you're creating stories or talking about things that happen that you can ask specific questions about things that students had shared about themselves. Now, of course, we want to make sure that we are honoring the responses of students, that if it's personal information that they don't want shared publicly, that we don't do that. So finding some way to make sure that the responses you're getting from students are ones that they are comfortable sharing publicly and to give them opportunities to share those private details with just you as the teacher that would be useful for you to know, but maybe it's not necessarily something they want shared out with everyone. Perhaps if it's their pronouns that they would prefer, or something about an issue in their family, whether there's something going on with siblings or parents or maybe even friendships within the class, where they will be willing to share that with you as you're trying to get to know them, but that might not be something they want shared with the entire class. So just to keep that in mind and to keep that respectable. So many of these activities can clearly be used throughout the entire year and in any unit. So hopefully you got some ideas in there about how you can do different things. But, you know, try them out early on. It's a way for students to personalize language and their individual experiences using language that's important to them as you get to know them. 
And they also provide information about students that you can then use in random examples. If you're talking about something in the past tense and you can say, this person did this last week and you can look at them and they'll say, did you have a baseball game last week? Or did you uh, have a dance recital last week? Or did you paint a new picture last week? Because you have those details that you had learned about them before. Oh, did you go to the movies? I know you're a big movie fan. I remember that from the card talk. You're a big movie fan. You like to go to the movies or you prefer Netflix and not some other streaming service. So you can use those examples as you're going through. And this begins early on to create that classroom environment of authentic communication and then also compelling input and topics. And Stephen Krashen talks about comprehensible input, but also compelling input. So students, yes, they're going to pay attention to the language and try to figure out what it means, But the more compelling the topics, the more interesting the topics for them, the more they'll engage with it. And so if you have all these details about students, then you can start to make that input and those topics more compelling for students. The way we engage the language students produce early on begins to lay the groundwork for what we want to do in the classroom. There you have some ideas, um, different ways that teachers have shared out about what you can do in your classroom to get to know your students. And, you know, you might want to think back about the goals you have for students in your classroom. And I pointed out a couple of those goals about making sure that students are feeling comfortable and they have that low affective filter. They're using the target language to communicate authentically. All of those goals You can help to reach those goals by really getting to know your students and giving them opportunities to use the language authentically. So think back to all those activities that the teachers suggested as ways to create that classroom environment. So going forward over the next couple of months, you are going to hear very specifically about a topic that I have been waiting for for some time, and it is Maris Hawkins and Florencia Henshaw's book, Common Ground, which I have spent a lot of time with this summer and reading through and taking lots of notes on it. So I'm going to devote a number of episodes over the next six weeks or so about every other week, where I'm going to talk about topics and chapters that come up in Common Ground, because they are so useful and so actionable. And you've heard me talk a lot about these two people, these two wonderful educators on the podcast over the last year. So I'm so happy to actually have a tangible document to really talk about their work. So you can look forward over the next couple of weeks to hearing a lot more about the ideas that they share out in Common Ground. And then there are also a number of episodes with interviews with different teachers that I have met actually this summer in different places and being really excited about what they're doing in their classrooms. And I want to bring that to you. So that's what you can look for over the next school year is a lot of those episodes. As always, be sure to check out the show notes where you'll see the link to sign up for Talking Points, which is my weekly email newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching. Whenever I write new blog posts, I always make sure that they are part of my weekly 
weekly newsletter that goes out every Tuesday, actually. You'll also see that there are links to get in touch with me if you would like to work together, either in person in your school or remotely. I am getting out into schools and seeing a lot more of what's going on and doing a number of remote workshops over the next couple of months as well. So there are multiple options for us to get together and to really personalize everything you're hearing about. So thank you so much for listening, and I'm incredibly happy to be back with you and back on this World Language Classroom podcast train, and we are going to have an excellent school year together, and I look forward to really productive times to come. So I will talk to you really soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the World Language Classroom podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, wlclassroom.com.